Hello and welcome to this week's very special The Two Pinter with me, Jono. Uh, I've got a very special guest on this week, uh, coming all the way in from Australia. It's uh, ex-Leicester uh, Tiger, Newcastle Falson, ex-Chief, and uh, of course England international and British and Irish Lion, Jeff Parling. Jeff, how are you? Good, thanks Jono. How are you? Not too bad at all, not too bad at all. Thanks very much for joining us today. No problem, mate. Thanks for having me on. Not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, just... I just warned you, it should be okay. You can hear some, some kids in a bit. That's just not quite in bed. <laughs> no worries, Jeff. No worries at all. If the kids come along, they can join too. Um, we'll, we'll start with you, Jeff. Uh, you're, you're down in Australia now, aren't you? Down with the Melbourne Rebels. What, what, what are you up to there and how's it all going? Yes, mate. So um, I initially came here as a player. This was two seasons ago, in 2018. And I came back as a... I you know, hung the boots up properly in the autumn and I came, came back as a coach this year. So I am the forwards coach here. So um, you know, getting to, to grips with that, we had a very successful first half of the season and a not very successful second half of the season, which was pretty frustrating to say the least. Um, but yeah, just pretty settled with the family now. The kids uh, enjoy the school and um, yeah, mate, it's a decent place to be. Yeah, a bit of a different uh, weather climate and everything else, I'm guessing, from uh, from you, what you're used to in England. Yeah, everyone's, everyone tells us Melbourne's um, freezing cold, which I guess is colder than most of Australia, but when you come from the north of England, it's, it's not cold at all. Quite different, quite, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's quite a fairly new team, isn't it, Melbourne Rebels? They've been around about less than 10 years, haven't they? Yeah, it's, it's just this season coming up will be the 10th season, and to be honest, it's with the, the force going two years ago and we getting a lot of the players and staff it sort of restarted two years ago again so um, it's definitely a you know a young team we also it's a VFL uh, sorry the, the AFL was originally the VFL so it's a mad Aussie rules state so yeah. he's got a very small footprint here so it's you know it's battling against the odds and trying to connect with the there is a small sort of rugby heartland here mainly expats and and Islanders and, and, and Kiwis so trying to connect with them and we've got a few young young people coming through young lads especially in the forwards there so we're getting a few few lads coming through the pathways over the last couple of years which is good to see and yeah we just could, we need to just keep growing and growing and getting better Superb, superb and, and how are you enjoying coaching forwards? Has it been an easy transition from playing straight into coaching or has that been quite a learning curve? Um, look it was never going to be playing but I never expected it to be I don't think you know, when you you've had the highs of playing the highs of playing and the highs of playing it's not you know it's nothing can really replace that but certainly has been sort of the next best thing I guess this is it um, in terms of the transition it's been a lot easier than I think people would think I think if I was back in England and say I'd been at a team for a, you know, a long long time and I was I sort of grown really, really close bonds over a number of years with players, and I was now coaching them. I might find that more difficult. Yeah. But here, I was only here for a six-month season. Um, a lot of the lads were much, much younger, younger than myself. That's something I found coming here. A lot of the lads are early to mid twenties. A lot of the older lads are later twenties and gone abroad. So I certainly was um, not not separate, but it was an easy transition because I wasn't, you know, you know, I wasn't play. I wasn't, you know, coaching my best pals basically. Yeah, no, an interesting way to put it, and um, glad to hear it's all going well. Just, uh, just think of all that, then, Jeff. With you getting this experience down there, are we? Are you, do you think you're being groomed to be the uh, the next forward coach of England, perhaps following in Steve Warwick's footsteps of you know the the, the second row line expert coming on to the uh, the big job in England? 
No, I don't think so, mate. Um, I think for now I'll just concentrate on the on the job. Yeah, and I think he's doing he's doing a pretty good job as it as it goes, especially after watching the um the, these warm up games. Yeah, they're doing a fantastic job there. He is, he is. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for you, Jeff. I'm really pleased to hear you're on the, on the coaching ladder. But yeah, well, as you said about the World Cup, we'll, we'll move there. I mean, you, you've, you've played in the World Cup before, you, you've been there. I mean, what, what are you, how is it for a player when you're just a few days before a World Cup like this? Are you, are you wrapping yourself in cotton wool? Are you, are you chanting on eggshells? Are you you're buzzing with excitement? How, how is the feel just, you know, for four or five days out from a World Cup? Yeah, we should definitely be excited. Jeez, we're not excited about you know a few a few days out World Cup then, but then there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think you have a into this first week. I guess if the teams play that are playing this weekend, they're probably just finding out if the, if they're in the team or not. So there'll be a, a range of emotions. You'll have some guys that are obviously disappointed, then have to put that to the to the side to, to get on for the best of the team. And you've got guys that realise they're going to be starting in the first game of a. A World Cup very shortly, so big, big week for a lot of players. I don't think anybody will be wrapping themselves in cotton wool at all. The only way players are going to play well and teams are going to do well is if they're full out in training and trying to improve every single day. So I don't think anybody would be doing that. The only time might a little bit of that was earlier on in the warm up games where if someone had a slight niggle that they wouldn't normally come off for or um, wouldn't normally rest it for in a game. That, that might happen in the warm-up games, but now you're you're into it. You're into the World Cup. I think everybody will be full out. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, you actually played in Japan for for a period, didn't you, Jeff? Yeah, I played uh, for a team called Sanix down on in Kyushu on the bottom island. Um, really enjoyed getting into the culture there. We unfortunately weren't a great team, so we were sort of battling relegation, but we survived each year. But it was a fantastic experience, and as people have seen from videos and photos. People are already over there. It's going to be a great place for me. When you're out there, you'll see a great place to visit and host a World Cup. The, the Japanese, once something gets there, they do really get fanatical and they're unbelievable fans. And you know, such such nice people as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic place to go. So it sounds like you really enjoyed yourself there. What what are the what are the playing conditions like? Is it is it a different sort of weather system or is it fast paced? Well, what do you what do you remember from playing days? And how do you, how do you think it'll go for the World Cup? Yeah, so the thing about um, the end of September, probably early October, is you could have one day which is very, very hot and humid, and the next day could be absolutely pouring down with rain, with what they would call a typhoon. So you've got to sort of be a bit expect the unexpected and be pretty, pretty well prepared. They will be relatively warm, um, especially in the that southern island or the, the southern bit of Japan. So be prepared for that. Well, I just think the just experience in general is, um, is, is, is going to be great, mate. It'll be, be an unbelievable, unbelievable time. So, are you, uh, are you making out there at all yourself? No, I'm not actually going out. Um, not heading, not heading out there, unfortunately. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. You'd uh, be remiss of us not to ask you. Sorry. You, I was going to say, be remiss of us not to ask you about your Lions experiences. We've got you here. I mean, how? How did the excitement of a World Cup compared to perhaps something on a Lions tour? And did you, yeah, did you, would did you feel like going away on a World Cup would be similar to being on a tour like that, or would you imagine it'd be quite a, quite a different experience? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd say to come out as world world champions and win a World Cup, I, that would probably top it. I'd imagine if you're doing it for your country. Um, in terms of my two experiences, look, there couldn't have been any any difference. I had a obviously an unbelievably positive experience with the Lions and a, a not so positive experience with. with the World Cup in 15, so very, very different for me. 
the expectation, excitement before them both and leading into it, I guess is fairly similar. So, yeah, it's uh, different from different people, but everyone will just be excited and, and unraveled. And did you, do you think, do you think the Lions tour and sort of experience in Australia down there has, has, has led you back there? Did you get a bit of a flavour for it or is it just a sort of coincidence and you just end up in Australia because that's sort of what was, what was offered to you and what came your way? No, the, the, being here definitely led me to it. I've toured here a few times and always enjoyed it and I remember after that Lions tour in which we had a one week in Melbourne actually got back and, and said to my wife, oh, I really enjoyed Melbourne, that's a cool place. Um, so I definitely thought it would be a good place to to take the family and I, yeah, I knew I enjoyed the country and then actually getting here it came through uh, Shane Lehane who was a, a conditioner at the Leicester Tigers who was then out here at the Rebels I basically got the CEO's email off pretty much thought yeah, you know, I'm keen to try and experience something different and get them brought whilst I'm still playing and take the family as well, on a little adventure as well so I basically emailed the CEO just saying hi I'd love to join you guys next year is there anything about it so that's how it went. Just so you just emailed and got your job application in that way. Yeah, just this you put an email saying hi. Um, I know Shane's mentioned me to you. I'd, I'd love to head over to Australia, experience Super Rugby, and and enjoy by the Melbourne Rebels, and then it went from there. Superb, superb way to uh, go and get yourself a, a post. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so come back to the World Cup then you, we, we talked briefly about the, the warm-up games in, um, in, in England and they were very impressive and then three wins and one narrow loss um, what, are you, what are your expectations for England this World Cup how do you, how do you see them going? Yeah I'd, I'd expect them to do well definitely um, they've got a good very good squad with, with good depth some great frontline players coach that you know, knows Japan better than anyone um, yeah, I think, I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go pretty well. They've also got some, you know, probably a core, core of lads there that um, will have sort of the hurt from 15 in them. So if anyone ever needed some extra motivation, not like they should do, but that would be there. No, I'd, I'd expect them to go go pretty well. Yeah, and I, I suppose do you expect the players who were there in 15? It, it, will that experience come to bear? Do you think that'll be something that, as painful as it was, will benefit them this time round? Or do you think they're sort of every World Cup's a sort of separate entity to itself and, and aren't as linked? Um, it's, okay, it's separate. It's a different team. They've they've prepped in a different way, and I'm sure even the new guys will be up for what they're going to do. But um, look, I don't know if if anyone needs again motivation in the world. Cup, which they shouldn't do. Well, having a bit of hurt is left for them. So, um, I certainly think they'll they'll probably want to want to drive it and make the most of the opportunity. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And and the other home nations, you you do you have any thoughts on them? Anything that you expect to go? Obviously, Ireland at world number one, but perhaps haven't had the easiest time this last year. Wales have been number one in the last few weeks as well. Um, so quite quite a strong home nations that's being sent over there. Do you what do you expect of the other home nations and how they're going? Yeah. Yeah, very, very strong. Describing it as the most you know, open World Cup in a long, long time. I think out of the whole nations, I would expect England to, to probably do the best. Certainly, really? where Wales and Ireland are, you know, very, very strong teams. And I've just seen, like you said, Ireland are number one. Wales have been very, very successful, um, you know, recently. So it's it's going to be close. And any, uh, any any style men, I suppose, you, would you pick out anyone particularly from, from the home nations you expect to have big World Cups or, or to keep an eye out for? Or, or any perhaps any bolters who we wouldn't expect coming through that you think will be um, 
have been. Uh, I, probably can't, yeah, I probably can't say on the Volters because I've not watched you know, in detail enough of the games in, the, in this past season. I've, I've just watched the international games, so I've, I've yeah. not watched enough of the, for those clubbies. Um, certainly, I like the, the look of, um, you know, in, in England, some of those young, young back row lads that are around Billy Fumapola, you know, your um, Tom Curry, your Underhill, your Wilson, those, those sort of boys, I think they're you know, very good players and complement Big Billy um, in, a, in a very good way. Yeah, they're going to be so important, aren't they, in keeping them, them players fit as well, which is, has been a problem for all of, all of them back rows, apart from maybe Wilson at different times, hasn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Look, you don't know as well if that was, um, like I said earlier, just in those warm games, being extra careful. So, could have been a little bit of that there, but the, as they showed in, you know, in a couple of games, of very, very good players. Yeah, and um, I suppose you just, just talk. Sorry, go on. Oh, were you going to no, go Sorry, okay, yeah. I was just going to say, you saw your experience of Lions in the World Cup as well. What sort of. Uh, impact as it has when a player gets injured and suddenly brought himself out is it a is it a sort of devastating blow for the for the squad as a whole or is it sort of like you, you sort of pay your your commiserations and then sort of have to sort of next man up kind of mentality how does how does that often flow for a, for a squad yeah well first of all for the players it'll be absolutely heartbreaking yeah um, you know they've been building towards this moment and yeah it'll be absolutely devastating for them for the for the squad it'd be weird to have some emotions in that if you've been in the game long enough and you've played long enough, you, you sort of accept that these injuries are part and parcel of it. So it, it comes, so you'll obviously be gutted for your teammate, but you, you, you'd expect them. It's going to happen to every single team, uh, every single team up there. And then I guess the probably the impact on every team in a, in a brutal way is dependent on which player it is and how probably important they are to that team and that squad and the quality of replacement behind them as well. Yeah, no, very, very fair answer. And Jeff, in your uh, in your days as a as a player, you were renowned as, as an expert at the lineout. So you you, you studied it uh, prodigiously. So I used to read, and you you were renowned as, as a lineout operator. Um, are there any lineouts in this uh, World Cup that you're really impressed with? Any any things that you think could be a real advantage? We saw in the World Cup, the warm up games, some of the it became a big impact in the England Ireland game, for example. It became a real, real problem for Ireland. Do you, yeah. do you see any teams that can use the line out as a real weapon um, to attacking and defensively? I suppose. Well, there's plenty of teams. I mean, if you go, if I start in the Southern Hemisphere, the Kiwis are always very, very, you know, very good. I know he's not, I know he's not fit to start with, but when you have Whitelock, Metallic, and Kieran Reid and Scott Barrett and all those guys together, the very, very good lineout team. The Aussies have really improved in this year. They had the best lineup percentage in the, this last rugby championship, so they've really improved. You've got the South Africans that have some big six foot nine lads in the yeah. in second rows that normally pod middle and back, so try and just give you front ball and take that mid to tail away. And then you've got the Argies as well, and the, the Jaguares were um, one of the best defensive teams in Super last year, so you've got, got a lot of good operators there. In terms of the Northern Hemisphere stuff, um, Look, Ireland had a blip, but generally they're pretty good. Wales are pretty good as well. Scotland can be good. I do think England probably have could be the best on their day. So, you know, we you've got some good operators that are used to playing with each other there. Very, very well coached. And like you saw in that warm-up game, I mean, in that warm-up game, they were just putting up and moving around and playing a bit of a guessing game. And it, it was a very good guessing game. And they obviously got some outcomes. 
to a lot. I've not really. I've sat on the fence there. I've, I've just pretty much. <laughs> you said the press everyone, yeah. Um, is it? I suppose, thinking more 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 technical perspective, for you uh, when you were calling in lineouts, was it more important for you to have um, sort of sort of good at more more options? Did Did you like it more when you had you have yourself your second row and then a couple of flankers and maybe an eight who could go up as well, or would you prefer sort of having a smaller group of players that you were really confident in? Do you, do you feel it's more important to have, I suppose, maybe the options or? Or just people who are very, very good at the craft. Um, you, 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 well, both really. You want lots of <laughs> options and people for the craft. Definitely, you try. Want to be a bit selfish there, but you, you realise that's not normally the makeup of a team. It's the normally have you know a big ball carrying the back row or someone who's hard over the ball. I think if you if you can get a number of options there, and that, that's really good. But look, England in that game, the Australia to Ireland, they. The only recognised operator, operators there were the two locks. Yeah. So you, you, as long as you collect, you can, you know, work with it. Then it, it doesn't really matter what, whatever's best for the teammate. And if that means you've only got the two locks as the, the main operators, then then there you go. Yeah. No. Fair enough. And I suppose when defending the line out and trying trying to pinch someone else's ball, what what without perhaps giving away too much of your coaching secrets, is it is it just a, a pure study that you've just got to keep and drill down and try and see tendencies or are are there giveaways that you can think you can sometimes find when you're out, even perhaps on the field, or is it, is it more in study? Yeah, a bit of both. You've got a good instinct for starters. If you look at, um, so I talked about that combo earlier with Vitalik, Reed, and Whitelock. So if you look at their five man defence, they'll have Vitalik at the front, Reed in the middle, and Whitelock at the back. Combination that's worked together for a number of years, and they normally employ a mirror defence that will try and chase everything, and they're very, very good at it. Then you'll get other teams, for example, and then the South Africans who. Go generally a lot of time have more pod defenders where they'll have fewer numbers but they'll move around and try and get their big guys up so teams will plan they'll look for habits it depends on the defensive play as well do teams just cut off middle and tail and try and try and you know make teams go to the front then so yeah some teams can do that so a big big mixture of things maybe you certainly need a little bit of instinct in there to, to try and pick that ball off yeah no fair play fair play and uh so just just it sounds like you're excited about the World Cup and you expect a lot of teams to go well and it, it does does like like you say look like a, a very open World Cup and a lot of potential. Um, coming back to yourself, quickly before we go, do you do you see Australia as a long term option? It sounds like you're, you're quite settled. You're saying the family are obviously over there with you. Do you think uh, you're back in in the UK anytime soon, or do you, you think it's the foreseeable future for yourself in in Australia? Uh, but you never know, dear. Like I said about sport, you never know. I'm certainly enjoying Australia. The family enjoy it here. I just want to make more of an impact on on rugby here as well. So it would be great if I could get the, you know, if we could really build some of the rebels here and get the community behind us and really, really get Australian rugby at the moment back. You know, back up there, basically. Yeah. yeah you sound very invested in it, and, and that is a good aim. And um... Yeah, I'm sure the Australians that they usually turn up around World Cup time, so we'll probably see that again. Um, Jeff, you've been more than generous for your time. Thank you very much for coming on. Can um, can people follow you on social media or anything you'd like to plug while, you, while you've come on here? I'm trying to think. I'm not on social media. Uh, my actually, my wife and a friend have actually just got involved in a Grip product coming back to the UK. So I'll give that a little plug. It's Grip yeah. Tech Pro. Um, that'll be on Twitter and Instagram, but that is. It's actually something that's massive in the All Blacks use it. It's massive in New Zealand, all the Super Rugby teams, but it's not really in the UK. So uh, I imagine teams in Japan will be using it with the humid conditions there. So yeah, if anybody wants 
the local team or players to get I haven't got the best hands and they want to get um, I'm probably not the best advert for it but if someone <laughs> wants to uh, you know get get the grip going then look at that griptechpro.co.uk have a look at that I think I heard about these yeah these are, are these the ones you can use a different you can use one for practicing sort of wet conditions and use a grip for when you want to actually play the game is, is that what, what I've heard uh, it's different mate. there's just there's a spray and a paste and the, the stuff that lads use normally is it's actually made to put tape to your legs. It's physio, you know, for physios. Whereas this is different. It's a uh, guy in New Zealand. He makes it, and it's. Uh, I mean, the All Blacks absolutely love it. They're they're manic on it, and all the Japanese teams as well. It's everywhere there. It's just for some reason it's not in the UK. So um, hopefully, she and uh, a couple of her friends can, can really get it going. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on. It's been brilliant to speak to you. Uh, enjoy the Rugby World Cup, and uh, yeah, keep enjoying yourself down in Melbourne. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on, John. Cheers, mate.